What up, everyone? This is Brenton. And Jenna. This podcast is all about connecting with our autumn family in a fun and different kind of way. So turn down that CB, buckle up, and enjoy the show. It's going to be trucking awesome. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Autumn Transport Podcast. My name is Brenton. Hope you're doing well. I'm here with Jenna today. Jenna, how are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Thanks. Yeah, no, that's good. (laughs) So it is Tuesday, May 9th, and we have a guest with us today. We have our safety director back, Chris Senti, in the house. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great. Good. Wanted to bring you in today and get a recording talking with you about a couple things that are coming up. We mentioned them on our last podcast, but we have the Minnesota Trucking Association Truck Driving Championships that are coming up in June. Wanted to talk to you about that. I know you're pretty involved with the planning and the execution of that. And I think you, did you guarantee me that an autumn driver would win or are you not able to do that? (laughs) I'm giving you good odds, but not a guarantee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we hope to have more autumn drivers signed up. So we'll go through and talk more about that. And then we especially wanted to talk with you about the CVSA International Road Check that's coming up May 16th through the 18th. Wanted to get our safety director's perspective on what's going to be happening, what our drivers need to be looking for on their own trucks to make sure that autumn drivers fly through that without any problems. I know I already have had drivers talking to me. They're kind of nervous. They're requesting those days off (laughs) but we said no we're not going to take those days off let's just get everything where it needs to be so that we can crush it yeah so thanks for taking the time to come in and talk to us about that if you don't mind though you've been out for a couple weeks drivers may not have heard from you much you want to share anything about what you've had going on with that before we dive in um just some health issues uh dealing with uh if you have diabetes, make sure you take care of your health. Um, I ended up having uh, part of my foot amputated due to uh, an infection from having diabetes. So, oh man. Um, but yeah, if you're one thing that we as drivers always need to watch out for is our health. Uh, trucking is not known to have the best uh, reputation for the healthiest drivers, but uh, there's better options out there these days. So just keep up on your health. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're back and that we have you around the office again. We, we missed your smile and your jokes. (laughs) Yes. yes. And I also know that we have, I I can think of one driver in particular who's been posting a lot on social media recently about his battle with diabetes. I think he's new to recognizing that he has it (laughs) and he's making some of those significant changes in his diet and the things that he's doing to care for himself out on the road. Yeah. I think that's a topic for a podcast down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if any drivers have any questions about it um, or my journey through, because I've had diabetes now for close to 20 years, um, I'm willing to share any information, what I've been through or anything that might be able to help them out. Well, thanks, Chris. You are phenomenal at being there for our team and willingness, your willingness to help them out navigating the challenges that they face. And health is just another big challenge that truckers have to deal with out on the road. Yep. Well, we'll have to dive into that a little bit deeper in a future podcast. But today, let's talk about the truck driving championships. So the TDC, uh, like you said, is going to be in June. It's on uh, June 10th and 11th, and it is at the Cook Trucking Trailer Shop facility, and that is in Roseville, Minnesota. Uh, They've been kind enough to donate their facility to us for three days because we do our setup on Friday, uh, where they come in, we'll set the pre-trip defects, set up the course, uh, get everything ready for the competition on Saturday and Sunday. And there's nine classes that drivers can compete in. Uh, There's three-axle, four-axle, five-axle, sleeper berth, flatbed, tank, doubles, straight truck, and step van. And a driver can compete in any of those classes as long as they are licensed for that class. So if a driver wants to compete in tank, they have to have a tank endorsement. If they want to do doubles, they have to have the doubles, triples endorsement. Uh, 
And what they do is they compete in three different areas. The first one is a written test, uh, which consists of 40 questions taken out of the Facts for Drivers book for 2023. Uh, and then there's a pre-trip test uh, that they go through. They have to find five major and five minor defects within the set amount of time for whichever class they're competing in. Uh, so it could be anywhere from four to, I think it's 10 minutes, seven or 10 minutes. I can't remember what the doubles are, uh, but they have a time frame that they must meet in there. Um, and then once they're done with those, they will go on and compete on the driving course. And the driving course has six problems, as they're called, and the driver must navigate it to try to score at each one of those problems. And it's kind of funny because we always spend the whole year telling them to stay away from stuff. Well, now they actually want to get as close as they possibly can uh, to the item. Uh, but, you know, it, you're like, oh, well, now you're telling them get close. Well, aren't you afraid of accidents? Well, in order to compete, the driver has to be accident-free for the previous year since the previous truck driving championships. Right. Uh, so it's actually a safety event. Sure. Uh, because drivers strive because they want to compete, so they have to make sure that they're staying accident-free for that year. Uh, then once they finish with those six problems, the day's total score uh, will be added up, and that's on Saturday. Then on Sunday... Sunday morning, after we do roll call, we announce the top four in each class. Then the top four from each class will compete on Sunday to determine first, second, and third place. What's nice is the driver that takes the first in each of those nine classes then qualifies to go to nationals, the National Truck Driving Championship. And this year that will be uh, on August 16th through the 19th in Columbus, Ohio. Fun. Where do the drivers get, you mentioned the Facts for Drivers Handbook. Where where does that come from? That's distributed by each state's uh, trucking association. So once the driver is registered, they mail us the book, and then we in turn get it to the driver. Uh, Drivers also have an option of doing an online version so they can listen to it in MP4 format or uh, something they can do while they're going down the road, uh, listen to it, or they can read the old school paper book. Okay. What is the, is there an entry fee? Yep. So uh, it is $250 uh, per driver to enter. And with that, you get, uh, you get a hat, you get uh, your registration into the TDC, plus you get uh, banquet tickets. uh, Because when we do the award ceremony, we have a banquet. Uh, So you get the banquet tickets uh, for that. along with your registration and the hat for competing. Cool. Yeah. What would you say to a driver kind of considering it that might be a little bit hesitant? I know that sounds like kind of a lot. Um, just, just hearing it myself, you know, someone might be a little bit nervous. What, what would you tell them about it? Just try it. It sounds kind of overwhelming at first, but once you go through it, drivers really get hooked on it. Uh, because they're there, they enjoy the competition, they're going to make a lot of new friends while they're there. And the uncertainty of it uh, gives you a few butterflies, but when you're there, every single driver there is there to help you. Hey, hey, you know, got any advice? Well, you know, they're not going to tell you how they do it, but, hey, you know, just make sure you pay attention here, or when they tell you to do this, go do this. Make sure you stay with your class director if needed. Make sure you report to this place on time. Those kind okay. of things. They're there to help you. So, you know, it's a, it's a good camaraderie between drivers. Uh, I'll guarantee you once you do it, you're probably going to continue doing it afterward. Don't let the, well, if I'm not very good at pre-trip or I don't study well, that's not the only part of the competition. Right. You've got three parts there to, to deal with. So once you once you do it, you get hooked. You're yeah. saying, yeah, that's cool. I like to hear that the other drivers are supportive. That's that's awesome. Um, and if uh, you don't have to. You said you don't have to compete in like if you're an autumn driver and you work in pneumatics, but you've worked in flatbed your whole life. You could come up and compete in the flatbed division. Yes. So you don't have to bring your own trailer with you. There's trailers there that will be utilized. So all equipment is provided. Uh, you're not allowed to drive any of your own vehicles. Uh, because we want this to be an exact um, 
level competition. So nobody's in their own equipment. So everyone in there is driving a foreign piece of equipment. So there's no um, trying advantage. To yeah, advantage. Thank you. There's no advantage to anyone because you know they might pull one of their own trailers, but a trailer, yeah, who cares? A trailer is a trailer, but tractors drive differently. Uh, so all of the equipment is provided. It's all usually 99% of it is new equipment. Uh, Do I get to drive the truck before I have to drive it in the actual driving part of the competition? You're not allowed to drive it, but you're allowed to inspect it. You can get in it. You can look around it. You can review all the equipment that you're going to use before the competition. So once you're done with the written test, they do a PowerPoint presentation of the course. So you know exactly how the course is going to go. And once they're done with that, then you actually go down and do a silent walkthrough of the course. So you can walk each problem on the course, look at where the scoring is, and drivers will start to formulate kind of how they want to drive the course as they're walking those problems. How do they arrange... Um, well, a question that would come into my mind if I was going to be in this, it would be, who drives first? Am I going to have a chance to watch the other guys do the course? <laughs> or how do they determine that order? So the running order is completely pure luck. Uh, there's We do by classes, so we'll have a running order of, say, we're going to run these three classes together on the course at once, and then we'll switch to these three classes and whatever's, you know, the other three. So will you have a chance to do it? Depends on where you're at in the thing, in the process, because they will, we do pre-trips and course at the same time. So you may be out doing your pre-trip while part of your okay. class is out there driving. Sure. Uh, so, you know, there's a, a little bit uh, of a chance. Okay. Uh, we used to do full sequester. Then we went to partial sequester. There won't be a sequester this year. Uh, so it's something different for the drivers. Uh, you know, we've, we've heard their pain, so we're trying to accommodate, but we still want to make sure that it's a fair competition. Yeah. Well, um, how long have you been involved with this, Chris? Oh, I want to say probably eight or nine years at least, maybe more. I've actually chaired the event the last four years, uh, but due to COVID, it was canceled the one year and then uh, just partial on the one year. So a little oddity because normally we just do two years and then turn over to the chair, to vice chair and keep rotating through. Uh, but it was one of those that I was invited to just come and judge uh, one of the problems and I got hooked. It was a great time. Yeah. So, you know, even if you don't want to come out and drive, feel free to come out and volunteer. Uh, support the drivers. Uh, enjoy meeting people from other companies. Uh, there's people from all over the country that will be there. Uh, as long as your company is based in the state of Minnesota, then you can live anywhere you want in the country. You can come and compete in Minnesota's TDC. Uh, we've had drivers from Florida, Texas, all over the place competing here in Minnesota. And how many total compete then? Or I guess just last year, for an example, uh, how many were there? So last year we had 68. Okay. Uh, we'll... Our registration number versus our actual compete can change because if a driver has an accident up until the day of competition, they could be disqualified. Sure. Um, so, you know, we, we take our registration number, that's what we go off of, but knowing that there might be some changes. Uh, we're looking to have over 70 this year. Uh, we would like to get back over 100. Uh, with post-COVID, the numbers have been kind of climbing pretty slow, but uh, now that Things are kind of settling down a little bit. We're hoping to get the participation back up. Well, this year will be my first year in attendance. I'm planning on being there to watch and learn and cheer on our autumn drivers. Yeah, same. I'll be there too. It's It'll be a really good learning experience, I think, and just to meet people and take some photos and see what you guys do. I'm super excited. Jen and I have a special request. If you're an autumn driver and you're listening to this and you're considering this, Please do sign up. We really need some autumn drivers to win so that I can convince our CEO to send us to the championship in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. So sign and up, win, win Brenton and Jenna a trip to Ohio <laughs> to cheer you on at the national championships. 
And the national is a whole different experience. That's actually over five days, and it's all an indoor competition. Uh, that's one really? thing I have yet to make it to, actually. Uh, that's on my bucket list to go down and, and watch the nationals. I'm going to throw this out there. This is spur of the moment, off the cuff, Chris. If this is illegal from your position as a chair, you just let me know. But if there's any tanker guys, liquid tank guys, who sign up for this and win it, I will repay your entry fee. So just throwing that out there. If you're a liquid tank driver, if you work for me, you come up to this June 10th and 11th and you win your division, I will refund you personally your entry fee. I love that. Did I break any rules? No, uh, but Autumn does pick up your entry fee. So that's oh, a good really? thing. <laughs> oh, well, so. then I'll buy you dinner a couple times. We'll yeah. work something out. Just somebody Take sign out for up. that biggest steak dinner you can find in the Twin Five Cities. Times. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll work yep. something out there. Yeah. So, no, and that's the one thing that's really nice about Autumn is they're picking up the entry fee for any drivers that wish to compete. Great. So. That's good to know. So yeah. There's very little barrier. You don't need to drive your own truck up here. June's a good time to visit Minnesota. We have the Mall of America that you can check out and do some shopping, watch the twins compete in this competition, and just have a really great time. Well, you know, they, I don't think they would mind 250 bucks cash to spend while they're down there in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, We will work something out. Liquid <laughs> yep. tanks, step up. I know, Nick, you're probably listening to this, and I know you're going to want to be a part of this. <laughs> but I do have to say, you will be disqualified from my deal if, as we move on, you fail during the CVSA 72-hour blitz. <laughs> so don't disqualify yourself. And as a transition, <laughs> let's move on to talk about the road check coming up here in a couple. Well, it's just about a week out now. Yeah, it's not very far Sixteenth. What are we looking at? Uh, seven days. Yep, yeah, the sixteenth yep. through the eighteenth. So this year, inspectors will focus on anti-lock braking systems and cargo securement to highlight the importance of those aspects of the vehicle industry. And before Chris, you talk a little bit more about this. I just came across some crazy statistics from last year's Blitz that I thought I would share. Chris, you have them out. Jenna, you have them yep. too. Um, some of the most common vehicles inspected during the road check, the vehicles that violated things they were looking at, brake systems, tires, defective service brakes, lights, and then also this year's current focus, cargo securement. Jenna, why don't you share with us some of the numbers of things where they found violations last year? Well, looking at it right off the bat, the biggest one, um, over 4,500 was on the brake system. Um, and then coming in second is tires at a little over 3,300. Um, and then kind of tying for third is your defective service brakes, some lights, and then the cargo securement. But um, kind of pretty shocking to see those. So, Do you have the uh, total numbers of inspections that were done last year? I do. <coughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It says that... <clears throat> Well, total number of inspections, I think, wasn't was it around 60,000? Yeah. yeah. 59,026 inspections done in those 72 hours. Man, wow. that's amazing. I think I heard it, that shakes out to what, like one a minute or something during yeah. that time? Yeah, it blows your mind when, they, when you see the sheer numbers of inspections that are done. And it's not like these are one-minute inspections. These are... Uh, the majority of the inspections are level one, and a level one can take anywhere from half hour to an hour to complete. So you, you think about how many inspections are being done and how many uh, inspectors it takes to get those th that amount done in that short time. Is that the one that's 37 points that they talk about where there's kind of a yep. step process the that level they go one. through? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Level one is they go through everything. They go through the vehicle, uh, checking for any defects on the vehicle. They go through the driver credentials, mm -hmm. uh, driver's license, health card, things like that. Um, so they're going through everything, not logs. just yep, logbooks. Yep. And then at what point does it move up into a level two, level three, level four? Is that when you're finding more things and then it just keeps escalating? Or So what it's is actually that? in reverse. Uh, level three is just a driver check uh, where they'll check your license, your logbook, med card. And then if they find stuff, then they'll bump it up. 
Uh, level two is just a quick walk around. They're not measuring anything. They're just looking for lights, uh, conspiracy tape, uh, sorry, conspicuity tape, a <laughs> uh, little Freudian slip there. Uh, you know, things that are like I always refer to low hanging fruit. Uh, yeah. And then they'll bump it up to a level one. So level one is the the biggest one that they can do. Oh. It's if they find one on one of the smaller ones, the two or three, that's when it'll tend to go to a number one. And one thing drivers need to remember is the fastest way to get from a level two or a three to a level one is your attitude. Mm. Every inspector I've ever talked to says, your attitude will dictate how I do my inspection. Mm. And I'm going to greet you with a smile and say, good day, driver. But if I start getting flack from minute one, guess what? Mm. We're going to start bumping that up, especially if we start finding stuff. So during the blitz, they'll be doing level one, or could it be any of the three? It could be any of the three, but the majority of the inspections during this time are level one. Okay. And even though the focus they're saying is ABS and cargo securement, <laughs> if they're doing a level one inspection, everything's going to be looked at. It's not like I can feel safe that I know my ABS light works, so I don't have to worry about my logbook. Correct. They're looking at everything. There's a focus, but in a sense, that focus is giving them a reason to look for anything else. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's Everything is fair game. And that's why it's on here that last year's they focused on the brake and tires uh, or wheel ends. But that you see that cargo securement was the fifth one that they put out of service for. So mm -hmm. that shows that they're still catching a lot of other out-of-service issues. Right. I think I, I read that out vehicle out-of-service rates were almost 23% during that time last year. Yep. And quite a few violations that were found not truck-related, like you mentioned, in the driver medical cards, driver's mm -hmm. license issues, suspended license. Things like yeah. that where maybe not intentionally, but a driver is not paying attention to the date of his medical card or the date on his driver's license. You know, I got to be honest, I think my driver's license was technically expired for like four months before <laughs> I realized that it had expired because you just yeah. don't pay attention to that kind of thing yep. necessarily. Yeah. And one thing with drivers they have to remember is each time they get a new medical card, they have to certify it with the state. So drivers will go and get their new medical card, but fail to certify it with their state if they're required to. And then the state will downgrade their CDL just to a base class, whatever state that they're in. So they think they're all good. They got their new medical card. They're driving around with no CDL because it was downgraded from the state. Ah, oh, so that's what the the wrong class violation was. Yeah. And I saw that and I'm like, how, how can you... Be well, in the wrong... Wrong class is also if you're in a tractor trailer but may only have a B-class license, which is only good for a straight truck. Right. There could be oh. any number of oh. differences for wrong class. Okay. Now, that's something that yeah. Autumn pays pretty close attention to. I, I know yeah. Jennifer and you yeah. and Shar all work together. If there is a med card issue, <laughs> I can't imagine we would hire anybody to start or start partnering with anyone who would come in with the wrong class license. Correct. We check the license and med card uh, because another thing is drivers might remember to certify, but what happens commonly is they might certify as the wrong type of driver. Uh, we need a driver to be non-accepted interstate for what we do at Autumn, but if they certify themselves as accepted interstate, that means they're not required to have a med card. Well, then we can't send them out because we need them to have a med card. Or they might certify themselves as intrastate, not interstate, which means they can't leave the state under that medical card. Mm. So then their license is then restricted to intrastate only. So we got to make sure that when they're coming in, their credentials are going to meet what our needs are. Yeah. I've seen that a lot with the qualifications, so that's cool. Mm -hmm. that's well... A quick thing then for drivers to check is to make sure that your med card and your license are all up to date and oh, yeah. looking good. And I, man, I, I use my cell phone to remind me of a lot of things. And it's real easy to, if you know, if you have an iPhone, you just ask Siri, hey, remind me in April 2024 that I need to get my driver's license current again. Yep. 
or whatever. There's so many tools out there that I just encourage you guys take advantage of those things so that those little things don't come up and bite you. Or more than once a driver, I've had a whole load plan for a guy, maybe for the next week or two. And then he realizes, oh, my medical card is due tomorrow. And he's got to then find a doctor to go to and make sure it's the right kind of doctor. Because Chris and I, we've talked about chiropractors who will do a DOT <laughs> exam, you know, health exam or something that is yeah. no good. Yeah. So getting, you know, caught not having that planned out ahead of time doesn't just affect um, you possibly having a violation, but it can affect how much money you make that week because now you got downtime. It can just cause a whole bunch of problems. Affects dispatch because you've got that load plan. Now all of a sudden that that driver can't take it. So now you're struggling to find a different driver to take that load. And that's why we always recommend drivers to do this well in advance. Uh, With my company, we actually send out, start sending out reminders to drivers 90 days out because we don't want them waiting until the, oh, it's crap, it's tomorrow. So then you're struggling to get it done. Do it ahead of time. Pick a time when you're on home time, get it done, go certify it right away so that you don't have to worry about it. When the date comes due, you're already done. Because especially with drivers, if you have health problems, you know, you can get in, get get that done, and they might say, okay, well, you've got to get this addressed. You've got 30 days or 90 days to get it addressed, and then, you know, we'll, we'll do another physical. Whereas if you don't get anything addressed, you go in there and they say, well, sorry, you're done driving until you can get this under control. So I always do it ahead of time. Uh, Same thing with your license. States are so slow still. Uh, Minnesota takes forever to get your actual hard copy of your license, so don't wait till the last minute uh, to go in and renew. All good advice. Um, Can we dig into what actually an ABS is and, like, cargo securement too? Because I know... I know with Autumn, um, there isn't a whole lot of cargo securement. Is that true with the divisions that we have? So cargo securement is, um, the, the easiest way to think about it is if your freight moves, it's not secured. Yeah. And that's what I learned from a couple inspectors. Basically, if your freight moves, it's not secured, you're going to get a violation. So we do a lot of bulk hauling here, but we do have some means of load securement. Uh, so like on the liquid tanks and the pneumatics, you have manhole covers up at the top. If those aren't closed uh, or if they're leaking, then you have product coming out of the trailer, which could be considered unsecured cargo because it's allowed to blow, drift, or come off of the trailer onto the roadway. Uh, with hoppers, same thing with the tarp. If the tarp isn't closed all the way, then your load could come out. So load securement and includes more than just straps and chains and load locks, things like that. There's different methods of securement to make sure that your load is going to stay where it's designed to stay. You know, I'm guilty. I didn't even think of that in terms of the liquid tank guys and the dome on the top of their trailer. I thought I saw cargo securement and thought, well, we're not hauling logs down the road. We're not hauling brick on a flatbed or something like that. We don't have as much to worry about that, but making sure that your dome is closed and secure and all the fittings on the top and nothing's leaking coming out of your trailer. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Cause we had one where I think it was the washout valve had not been closed after the wash. And then we ended up with some product that was discharged. Not very much, but you know, stuff like that, that's all considered low securement. Which makes me think of the importance you talked about having a good attitude when you meet an inspector and how they're going to respond back to you. And you've talked about this before too, Chris, about just making sure you don't give them a reason to look more. So with your attitude, that's what it starts with. We have seen guys who don't take care of the outside of their trailer. Maybe they do have products spilled on the trailer and it's stained down the side or sitting around in the spill dome on top of the trailer. And that is another reason that they would want to inspect you further, I would imagine. Correct. Uh, They look at trucks because if they see a truck that's in disrepair, it's dirty, they go, their mind goes, well, if the driver's not taking pride or time that they actually want to do the little things, 
what's the big stuff going to look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm too busy to wash the truck, or I'm too busy to clean anything, or you got garbage all over the dash. Their, their mind goes to, okay, what else has this guy got? Because he's not taking care of the little stuff. Yeah, have you heard of the broken <clears throat> window theory? Where, yeah, where it's like if your house has a, if there's a house with a broken window in the front, it's more likely to get broken into or trashed or looted because Mm. of what it looks like on the outside. And so they say, take care of your, your first impressions that way with everything you do. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And inspections are the same way. First impression. Yeah. Yeah. I think about driving through a neighborhood and you see a house and it's just got garbage everywhere and things are, windows are broken and stuff like that. You're not going to want to go in there and eat in that house. Yeah. Because you imagine if this is what the outside looks like, I can only imagine what the kitchen is like. And so same thing we're talking about here, drivers, making sure that you're taking care of your first impression, your first appearance. And Autumn pays for the exterior washes on trucks or on trailers, excuse me, not on Mm -hmm. trucks, but on the trailer. So now is a good time in the next week here to get your exterior of your trailer washed. If you need to get an acid wash or some kind of an upgrade to get any old residue or build up, go ahead and do that. We should be doing that anyways because we want to have that constant presence of great looking equipment, great looking trucks, great looking trailers, because you're making impressions to the customers that you go to as well. And it also helps the driver too, because the more, you know, that's why I won't wear light colors around trucks because you're always picking up grease somewhere. You know, you help yourself self stay cleaner too if you keep the equipment cleaner because you're not always fighting with this grease or the residues and stuff that's leaking all over. I thought all the black shirts were because you tend to spill when you eat your lunch. Ah, uh, that is a hundred percent correct. <laughs> yeah, but nothing hides powder, don't it? Black black is slimming too, so <laughs> yes, that's why I wear yep. it. Hundred percent. And you're right, that's why I don't eat powdered donuts. <laughs> Jenna, you had asked about cargo securement, and Chris, you talked a little bit about that. How about the anti-lock braking systems? What are they going to be looking for specifically there? So ABS with the anti-lock brake system, people, there's a misconception these days, or I get a lot of questions from drivers that, is that an out-of-service offense? Currently, it is not. Does that mean that may change someday? Possibly, but right now it is not. ABS is a critical part of the brake system, especially with the new technology on trucks, because it relies on a properly functioning ABS system, the lane departure, the rear end collision avoidance, uh, where the truck will automatically brake. But if your ABS isn't working correctly, it can lock that up, and now you're in a situation worse than if you were trying to do it yourself. So uh, what they're going to check is, one, to make sure that uh, the system comes on, goes through its uh, test, and then goes off, including the light. If the light will not illuminate at all, if it uh, doesn't go through its testing, or if it won't go off, all of those are concerned that the ABS is not working and will be a violation during the roadside. So when you turn the key on on the truck, you should hear, uh, they call it a chaff test when the ABS is going through its cycle. You're going to hear some valves. You're going to hear some air released. That's all the ABS going through its startup test. And then once it's done, then you can start the vehicle. If you turn it on with a vehicle that's required to have ABS and you don't hear any of that, there's probably a problem with the system that you want to get investigated. ABS lights are probably one of the most problematic items for fleets. When I know it, it is in the liquid tank division. We hear about yeah. it a fair amount. Yeah. It's not just liquid. It's every fleet on the road these days. My ABS light won't go <clears throat> off. I got to get it checked out. Yep. Hear that all the time. Well, yep. enough. Well, and what doesn't help is we're up here in the snow belt. So they use all these lovely chemicals on the road. So it's eating stuff away. You have a brain box that, you know, I just had one customer just had his replaced after seven years, but that that's pretty out of the norm because with the roads these days that are in such great shape, the bouncing, the cold, the hot, <laughs> uh, you know, these things tend not to last, you know, more than a few years, mm-hmm. but then you've also got the wheel sensors that they may not slide the way they're supposed to. So then a wheel sensor is out of, uh, not seated correctly. 
So then the light comes on, then they got to go and investigate, okay, push the sensor back in where it's supposed to be, then the light goes off. Uh, one of the biggest problems we have is when it's intermittent, uh, because if it's intermittent, the shop has trouble diagnosing it. Right. And then you're just mm. basically at the mercy of, I hope it's not working when I go into the shop. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. if I get there and it's out, they're going to go, what do you want us to do? Right. Uh, but having control of the vehicle when you're trying to brake hard is very important. Uh, reduces jackknives, reduces accidents, allow you to maintain control of the vehicle during hard braking to help avoid crashes. Now, is there an ABS system on the trailer too? Yep. There's one on the truck and one on the trailer. Uh, and newer trucks actually have an indicator light in the dash on the truck that will tell you if the trailer ABS is working correctly or not. So the driver would be able to see that without even having to go back to the trailer. That's the one hmm. that we deal with a lot. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought it was a trailer issue that you guys yeah. deal with. Okay. And there's two ways a driver can check their uh, ABS light. Uh, one, they can stand on the ground, reach up and turn the key on on their truck and watch the light on the trailer. The light should illuminate, flash a few times, and then go out. Where on the trailer would they be seeing that? Uh, it's required to be on the driver's side rear of the trailer. It's required to be an orange light. And something else a lot of drivers don't know is it's required to be labeled ABS. Okay. And there's multiple ways of doing it. Some manufacturers uh, actually weld ABS on top of it, or they'll put a tag, or they'll buy lights that say ABS on them. But it's required to be labeled ABS. And what I do is in my backpack, I keep a Sharpie, because if <laughs> I'm out inspecting customers' trucks, or trailers, and I see that the light's not marked ABS, I take the Sharpie and I write ABS on it. When did that, do you know when that requirement came into play? If it, a truck or trailer, this is on the trailer, correct? You yep. said? Yep. So if a trailer was older than a certain year, would it not have the marking on it? So if it's not required to have ABS, it won't have ABS on there, so there will be no light. Okay. If it's required to have ABS, it will have a light. Uh, and I did get the dates because I can never remember them. Uh, so ABS is required on trucks manufactured after March 1st, 1997, and semi-trailers after March 1st, 1998. Okay, so everything that we would have <laughs> yeah. as a fleet would fall into that required to have category. Yeah, correct. Next time we have a trailer up here, I'm going to go out and make sure I can identify yeah. the orange light on the driver's side of the trailer. At the rear. At the rear. Marked ABS. Correct. Field trip to the parking lot. Yeah. 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 Everybody go ahead and hit pause on this recording right now. Run back in your trailer <laughs> and make sure that you take your Sharpie and mark that light ABS. And a Sharpie mark is really all that's required. It, it has to be labeled. It doesn't give it, you know, it has to be at least one inch high lettering. Okay. So right big, as big as you can with the light. And if it's one of the three quarter inch ones right above it until you can get somewhere for a permanent fix. Okay. Which is what I recommend, but to get you through an inspection or get somewhere where it can be properly labeled is, as long as it's labeled. Yeah. Write it on. Hmm. Very cool. Now, when I was looking through some of the um, the road check, just on their website, right? Mm -hmm. I read something about a decal <laughs> that the drivers get. Is that is that? I was wondering about that too. Yeah. Yep. We call it get out of jail free card. Uh, if you get a level one inspection with no critical violations, they give you a little CVSA decal and it'll have the year and then one of the corners marked out for which quarter it was. And if you get that, it's basically your get out of jail free card for 90 days. Does that mean you can't be inspected? No, you can still be inspected. But that what that does is tells the inspector or officer that's pulling you to inspect says, hey, this vehicle has been through this level one inspection within this time frame, so most likely it should be good. So you're you're hassled a lot less if yeah. you have the get out of jail free card. Hmm. Something to strive for. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And if you get those at autumn, you get a hundred dollars. So that's right. Arcane. Not from Brenton. <laughs> nope. Not from Brenton. <laughs> so Okay, so just to recap that so that I understand. So a driver, and it, is that decal available? You know, in Canada, I think they say decal. 
but we'll go with decal. <laughs> is that decal available anytime you pass the level one inspection or just during the blitz? Nope. Anytime throughout the year. So anytime throughout the year I'm driving, I get a level one inspection. I pass because I take care of my stuff. I pass. I'll get a decal. At an officer's discretion, oh, but 99% okay. of the time, if you get it, they're going to give you the decal. And then that decal is no guarantee of future getting off the hook, but it does raise my odds significantly that if I'm pulled in for another inspection and that decal is presented, they'll probably say, hey, let's just keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. And they do a lot of in motion weighing now. So when you're passing the... Uh... The scale master, they'll look out and they'll decal, okay, they'll just green light you, keep you going um, cool. type of thing. Neat. Yeah, so I'd like interesting. To, yeah, if anyone's listening and you have one of those, send me a picture. I'd love to see it on your truck. Yeah. Um, send it to social at autumntransport.com. I'd love to take a look yeah. at that. And the officers know when the inspection was done because the, the stickers are different colors. They have a number on them, and then they cut the corner out to, to signify the quarter. It's like my Minnesota so, State Park Pass that I yep. keep in the window of the, the truck. Exactly. And you can get one for truck and trailer. So if you had somebody, if you're dropping and hooking trailers, somebody else might have got a clean one and you hook up to it and it's still valid for that quarter, then. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, right? Mm -hmm. See, that's and it's why... worth a $100 gift card if you yep. send it in autumn. Correct. Fantastic. Yep. I was wondering, Chris, <clears throat> during this blitz, is there anything that could have been done ahead of time or anything that increases the likelihood that a certain driver will get inspected or is it pretty much open opportunity to all? It's fair game for everyone. But again, they go back to the basics, speed, lack of seat belt, uh, low hanging fruit, uh, a company's CSA scores, their, their pre-pass score uh, or inspection selection score which I believe Autumn is at 44, which is a green. So um, we're we're doing pretty well ourselves there. But anyone's fair game. Anybody is fair game. And what drivers have to remember, too, is when they're doing this, they will scan trucks in addition to inspecting them. So when I was driving, my company gave us you know money for clean inspections, too. I uh, got pulled in, and the DOT officer flagged me. I stopped. He walked around my truck, said, okay, driver, have a good day. And I said, I want my clean inspection. He goes, I didn't inspect you. He goes, I scanned you. Hmm. Oh, okay. What does that mean? He was looking for low-hanging fruit. He walked around, didn't see anything obviously around. Okay, driver, have a good day. Get out. Hmm. So I left the scale. Oh, so it's a visual. He did a visual scan just to... Yeah. See so, if you were worth spending more time, time on. Yeah. So don't be surprised if you get pulled in. You may not get fully inspected, but they might do a quick walk around and, okay, you can head on out. Cool. All the Good more to reason to be paying attention to that low-hanging fruit. Yeah. I like to see a lot, of, a lot of autumn trucks at truck and tank washes on the 15th. <laughs> so we're nice and clean and right. check your... Your tires, your brakes, your lights, conspicuity tape. See, I remembered it this time. I know. I was, I was going to say it, and I was like, I'm just going to let Chris go for it. We say a lot of hard words on this yeah. podcast. We've had some some, some tough ones. Yeah. Uh, this uh, is mud flaps, things like It's all this little stuff that triggers bigger stuff. So we'll actually be sharing that. Well, it's going up tomorrow, so it'll be up before this podcast is released. But go back a few days on our social, and there'll be a link to a checklist that CDL Life put out for things to be paying attention to on this blitz coming up and the different areas of your truck that you should be looking at. And really, Chris, I, would you back me up here that a lot of this and, and getting waved through maybe that visual scan, but some of the other things, a lot of this comes down to doing good pre and post trips on your truck and trailer every day. Correct. That is your opportunity to take away any reason for a DOT officer to keep inspecting you. The, the time that you take doing a pre- and post-trip inspection properly will lead to so much more time you going down the road versus being in the shop or at one of these scales put out of service. 
because if you're put out a service at a scale, you've got to wait for the repair company come out, get the repairs done. You could be there for hours. Uh, Back when I first started driving, I was put out of service for an overweight violation because one of my axles didn't air up. So I ended up there for six hours waiting for a repair company to come out to replace a valve to air that axle back up. So out six hours, how many drivers want to be sitting around for six hours when you can be rolling, making money? Well, and if we look at last year and 59,000 inspections being done in three days with over 12,000 vehicles being put out of service, those repair companies are going to be pretty busy. Yeah. You might be waiting a while for your roadside call because they're dealing with all the other jokers who got put out of service. Yep. And for anyone that's had a roadside call, whether it was just a natural breakdown or for an out of service, these roadside calls are so expensive. Yes. You, you can turn a $400 job into a $1,000 job in five minutes. Yep. And that's why if you're doing your pre and post trip inspection, you can go to a shop on your timeline to a shop you like and have the work done instead of sitting on the side of the road. And one thing, especially with autumn drivers is autumn pays for the maintenance on the trailer. So there's no reason not to get the work done. Yeah. Oh, so I did see something come through from um, from you guys, from your safety team here. And what was it about the TA offering free inspections, yep. is it? They were doing free mid-trip inspections uh, leading up to the Blitz where you can get in and they will inspect the truck. Um, trying to remember if there's like 15 or 20 items that they'll go through and inspect the truck just as a hey, everything looks good, or you need this, this, or this to get repaired. Uh, it's a great way for a driver, even if it's not free, it's very cheap compared to getting a violation at roadside, to bring your vehicle in and have it look through, just to make sure you get another set of eyes, because when we get accustomed to something, we don't always think about it. Whereas you get another set of eyes and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been looking at that for four days or whatever, never really even thought about it. So getting another set of eyes on your vehicle is, is a great idea. What would you say though, to the driver that would say, well, yeah, Chris, that free mid-trip inspection, that's great, but that's just a way for TA to tell me I need to get stuff fixed that I don't need to get fixed. So we've actually, cause we were doing a, a uh, little contest. If you got your mid-trip done, you turned it in and you got put into a drawing, all five of them so far have been clean. So we haven't even seen anything come in from a driver that said, oh yeah, I got to get this repaired or this repaired. They've come in clean. So five people went in at least that we know of and yeah. found out everything's looked good. So TA was, they're not out there making stuff up, telling you you need to do stuff just so that TA can make some money out of this. Correct. And if there's ever any question on something, take a picture and send it to me. I'll tell you whether it's valid or not. Uh, and that's one thing I always stress to drivers in orientation or just if they're in my office is at any time, if you have any question, call me. Because as a safety guy, I'd rather answer 100 questions than deal with one problem. You know, if you got a question, take a picture of it, text me, hey, is this okay or is this okay? You know, I received a couple over the weekend, drivers like, hey, my lights are staying on and I don't think they're supposed to be. Is this a problem? Yep, it is. So once you get looked at, and he's like, great, I've got my time scheduled for my shop. So when I get in there, I'll get it taken care of. Great. So now that driver can prepare ahead of time, call his shop and go, okay, this is a problem I'm having. Um, so, you know, being proactive like that is, is a big help. Is the contest with, or the, the, yeah, the contest without them, is that still going? Is there, is that and, over? Is there a deadline for that? As far as I know, it's still going because we haven't announced a winner yet. So, uh, so there's still plenty of time for autumn drivers to get in and get that mid trip and submit it, uh, for a $50 gift card. Awesome. Great. So we, we got some action steps for you all here. And the time you listen to this, go, go to TA, get a free mid trip, send in that clean form and get entered into the drawing. Make sure your truck and trailer are washed next week, that they're looking clean. Make sure you have all of your tape with that C word that we can't say. 
Sounds like conspiracy, though. Conspicuity tape. Conspicuity tape. If you get a violation, the violation will read retro reflective sheeting. Hmm. I like that better. Make no sure sheet. you take care of that stuff, guys. <laughs> Anything else? Don't leave any low-hanging fruit for those officers, those inspectors to see. They're going to be out in force the 16th through the 18th. And I just want to remind everybody that ultimately at the end of the day, as a driver, I feel like you can feel like this is three days where someone's just trying to get you. And yes, that kind of is true. But ultimately, I want you to think about this, that you're driving a very large vehicle with a very heavy load and you have a big responsibility for safety when you're out on the road and tires, brakes, cargo securement, all of these things are things that can lead to accidents, they can lead to harm to you, to someone else. And you don't want to be responsible for the loss of life on the freeway just because you were afraid of the blitz or you didn't want to take the time to do a pre-trip, a post-trip. You you don't want that on your conscience. So in a way, yes, everyone is out to make to get you in a sense if you're doing something wrong. We want to celebrate you if you're doing something right. So we definitely want to hear about those clean inspections during this. But ultimately, it's about safety. It's about making sure that we're all doing everything that we can to make sure that the cargo we haul gets from point A to B and that everybody is safe in the meantime. Yeah. And one thing, too, the 99% of inspectors out there are out there to help. Uh Unfortunately, there is a small percentage that aren't, but 99% of them are there. They use inspections as educational opportunities too. So do you have a defect? Maybe, but is it something that you can learn from? Uh, you know, nobody's going to be perfect their whole life on inspections, uh, but use it as a learning experience and learn how to hone your skills more as an uh, for doing pre-trips. Yeah. And if you have a good attitude about it too, like you said, yeah. um, someone, you know, if an officer came to me and said, this is wrong, I'd be like, cool. I just learned something. Yeah. Right. Like what's wrong with that? So, yeah. Well, Chris, I want to say thanks for taking the time in here today. <laughs> thanks for sharing some of your stories. Like you said, things that you've learned, you shared, you've been put out of service before. Yep. Our safety director has been put out of service <laughs> before. Now, that was a long, <laughs> long time ago. But I appreciate that you are you're here to help too. Yeah. You, Shar, Jennifer, the people at Autumn, we're here to help. We want you guys to succeed out there, and um, I just really appreciate you taking the time to come in. Yeah, safety is not an adversarial department. We're here to help drivers succeed the best we can. Thank you for having me on again. You're you're welcome. I love doing this, so I look forward to doing another one. Great. Well, thanks everybody for listening. May 16th through the 18th is that road check. Let's make sure we're doing everything that we can to prepare for it and crush it. Everybody drive safe. Talk to you later. See ya.